everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Armchair Crew Chief. My name is Jordan, and I hope everybody had a great 4th of July. Uh, kind of delayed our podcast this week, but hey, we had a historic, historic uh, week the past weekend when it comes to NASCAR. NASCAR ran their first street race. We'll go into that a little bit more and dive into a little bit more information with those. So, yeah, that was the big thing that came out. We had we had the street race. We had a few news, a little bit of news go on. Uh, Spire Motorsports gained a brand new sponsor. Uh, this past week actually came out yesterday, Wednesday, as I'm recording this podcast. <clears throat> and we also had the 43 team have their appeal denied on greenhouse modifications that they did a few weeks ago. During that race, so let's go ahead and get into it. We had the as we were talking about the first ever Chicago Street Race. We did not have the trucks run; it was just Xfinity and Cup Series. As you can kind of judge, just because everything was so tight, can't have so much going on. So just kind of get into it. Uh, it was different watching the race. It was very different, very tight. Uh, if you ever watched any of the racing from. Whenever about 2020, whenever they had the the iRacing Invitational, I don't know what you want to call it, but a lot of guys were at home watching the NASCAR or watching and driving because everything got shut down. So, kind of diving into that, they made the race a little bit similar. I know some people thought that the track was a little silly on the way that they should have maybe connected it a little bit differently. Um, I think it might have been interesting if they would have done a few different things with it, but they set it up. It looked pretty good as a normal race, watching it from TV and kind of comparing it to some of the open-wheel racing. Um, So, yeah, starting off with Xfinity Series, uh, we had our qualifying Cole Custer, Sheldon Creed, John Hunter, Connor Mosack. That's your top four. Austin Hill, five. And, you know, honestly, I think it was, who was it? Justin Marks started uh, up there as well. He st- he raced, Sage, excuse me, Sage Karam was 11th. Marks was 12th. Parker Kligerman, 10th. Daniel Hemrick, 9th. Sammy Smith. So one thing I noticed with the Xfinity race is, to me, it, it was boring. It was real boring. There was no no passing, nothing going on. Um, so it it led room. It, it it opened up for a letdown for the Cup Series race, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I, I think it's hit or miss. It's a lot better than the Xfinity race, and usually the Xfinity race is the one that's more interesting because you have a lot more competition, a lot more beating and banging. <clears throat> but with this race, I mean, I don't know if it was people feeling it out because in qualifying and practice, you had a lot of cars, Cup Series cars, that were just sitting there and they would hit a turn and it was a transition between concrete into asphalt or asphalt on the concrete or they would hit the painting painted lines on the, the street or something and they would just slip. So that kind of left some things open and... I think people kind of tiptoed around and that caused for kind of a a boring race in my opinion. 
Now, <clears throat> there probably were some people in the back that were shuffling just a little bit. Um, but for the most part, it was it was pretty much you, you stayed where you started unless, you know, you hit the wall, which a few people did. Um, a few guys spun out trying to get onto pit road. Uh, they, they just took it too, too wide. Uh, Justin Marks, his engine engine expired. So he didn't end up finishing the race, which caused some people come down. I think Sage Karam had some issues where he was hitting the wall and just, you know, it looked like it was overdriving it. And you could see that a lot on the, on the cup series race for other reasons that we'll talk about. But yeah, there are some turn, excuse me. There were some turns that it looked like it's like, what in the world happened? Why are we doing this? And these guys didn't really know how to do it. And with that being said, rain came in on Saturday evening, cut the race short. And then they were not able to recuperate that going forward. And they ended up calling the race. I mean, and we'll talk about the rain a little bit more, but let's go ahead and go ahead and get into our, our ending. So as we were talking about, our lineup, Custer Creed, John Hunter, Connor Mosack, Austin Hill were your top five. To end the race, you had Custer, John Hunter, Allgaier, Brett Moffitt, Austin Hill. So you had some of these guys move up, and you know another one of those guys, Sheldon Creed, had issues out there. It was more or less if you were if you were passing or doing something like that, it was because you had issues on the track, and people passed you that way. That's kind of a general talk of the Xfinity race. There wasn't too much going on. <clears throat> In my opinion, it left room for desire. And then we had the rain. And talk about rain. Between them postponing the Xfinity race, they were supposed to try to run at 11 o'clock on Sunday. That ended up not happening because of the rain. I mean, they had historic rainfall <clears throat> at the track. And I'm talking about like it was flooding where the fact that you had two or three inches sitting on pit road and they were showing pictures of the, of Chicago where stuff was coming up out of the manhole covers just because they had so much rain. And now Chicago is sitting at the bottom of the lake and I'm bad at my geography on that one. I don't remember which great lake it is, but they get a lot of lake effects. Now when it comes to it, the wind, they're called the windy city because the wind coming off of that. And this was one of those storms. It looks like it was just rotating right off the lake. So it was gaining strength and coming back in. And I think that had an area for strengthening it and making it worse. So they ended up just calling the Xfinity race. Cole Custer, John Hunter, Justin Allgaier are your top three. If we go back and we look at the standings now, we're going to go ahead and start off on regular season standings. Nothing so much. John Hunter, Austin Hill, Cole Custer, Allgaier, Chandler Smith, Josh Berry, Sam Mayer, Sheldon Creed, Daniel Hemrick, Sammy Smith are your top 10. When we go ahead and look at projected playoff, you're looking at <clears throat> people bumping in there. Jeb Burton's really the only one. Your cutoff line is 12th place, so 11 and higher. So you, 
that battle right there for that last is is pretty close. You're talking 26 points, 68 points from Brett Moffitt, who is the next person. 12, 12, sorry. So you're talking 13 to 12, 26 points, 14 to 12, 68 points roughly. So I think Parker Kligerman has a chance going forward in these next few races that we got coming up. We got a super speedway coming quote-unquote super speedway coming up, new super speedway, Atlanta. And, you know, we'll see what happens. The people that are actually not in lock, quote-unquote locked in, Josh Berry, Sheldon Creed, Sam Mayer, Daniel Hemrick, and Riley Hurst. Josh Berry is up 81 points, so we're not talking any big changes here. That's something happens on two races, <clears throat> he could be out. So there's a lot of things here that can affect this, and I think that would make for good racing. You can kind of see that if you look back on the point standings on the Cup Series as well, which we'll go ahead and talk about a little bit later. But moving forward, we'll go back into the Chicago race. The Chicago race for the Cup Series was big. We had a lot of people out there that were that are not Cup Series regulars. We had – it was just – I think we had Jensen Button, uh, Shane Van Gidsenbergen, which not a lot of people know. I didn't know him until I started watching this race. Um, let's see. Who else do we have here? Um, Ty, let's see. You had your other guys in there. Um, but, yeah, you had a few people come in that you could call, quote, unquote, ringers. Andy Lally was another guy. Um, <clears throat> you had... Uh, Josh Blickley running the 78 this time. Jensen Button, as I was talking about. So you you had some of these guys running these that have street race knowledge. And then you had your Cup Series guys who have no street race knowledge in this kind of car. You have a guy, Shane Van Gensenbergen. And I know I'm probably butchering his name. A lot of guys butchered his name. They went by his nickname was SVG. You had him up there. I think he was the most qualified out of the ringers. He comes from supercars. And to kind of give you a little bit of background on supercars, he was actually running a Camaro down supercars in Australia. It's similar to a stock car, except for the fact they have doors, mirrors. It's more closer to a production car than a stock car, if you ask me. And with that being said, we're still talking, you know, large spoilers, things like that. Listening to what, uh, Shane Van Gensenberger was saying, SVG, he said the big difference that he noticed with these cars, besides, you know, we're talking, I think he said 300 kilo difference, which is roughly around 600 pounds lighter, is the supercar. Is he was running the, uh, he was saying that their cars down there are creating their downforce from the top with their spoiler, whereas NASCAR cars and he's like you can see it whenever these guys hit a bump or anything like that they're making their downforce on the bottom of the car so they're 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 trying to get that suction i would call it from the car the the negative underneath the car negative pressure to bring the car down rather than having air push on the car so that's kind of what i took back from it uh he does a lot of street racing or not really so much street racing but a lot of road racing he says that the supercars would bounce off the the corners, the quote-unquote turtles a little bit more. Um, it was brought up 
by the NBC interview guy that they actually use their mirrors to see how close they are. And then the big difference, obviously, is they're on the other side of the the car than we are. So those are some big things that he had to change and go through. I think he said something about a sequential gearing. It's a little bit different, but I don't recall fully that. Uh, but SVG ran Chevrolet's uh, down there. He runs the Camaro right now, and before that, kind of similar to NASCAR, he ran the the Vauxhall. Sorry, I get it confused. I think it's a Holden. But anyway, he ran that car. I think it was a Holden, which is pretty much the same thing as the Chevy SS. Whenever they cut the Chevy SS, it killed it. Um, but yeah, he he ran. He's used to these kind of cars. Um, but you know, I think he had the biggest chance, and we'll talk about it a little bit more um, going forward. Um. But yeah, it's 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 different. Holden, it was a Holden uh, car, is what it is in Australia. Um, I knew that they had their big changes with those. But just kind of going forward with those cars, and you know, they started out on on the wet. It was pretty good, in my opinion. That was some of the best racing was on the wet tires because. I mean, yeah, you had one lane that was dry, but you were able to move out and pass people if you could. And just when they switched over to slicks, because they did switch over to slicks, rain stopped, track started drying out. You could kind of start seeing where everything kind of narrowed into one single racing lane. But before we get into that, let's go ahead. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's go into qualifying and see how everything ended up going. We had a lot of the cup guys, you know, Toyota pretty much ran the field with the exception of SVG. Uh, Denny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick, SVG, Christopher Bell, and Suarez were your top five on qualifying. Michael McDowell, who is a pretty darn good street racer, he was up there, or road racer, he was up there in sixth. Kyle Larson, Jensen Button, Joey Logano. A.J. Allmendinger, Martin Truex, and Ty Gibbs. So you got a lot of guys that have road course racing knowledge from either Cup Series or they're coming from open wheel racing where they do street racing as well as a lot of road racing. And, you know, that pretty much made up your top. Your top 10, 12 is what we were looking at there. So just going back into the races, I was talking about a lot of rain, a lot of rain. And, you know... The beginning of the race was interesting. I thought it was pretty good. You had a lot of people fighting. You had still a lot of people that were feeling things out, but then once they got comfortable, it started getting a little bit more competitive. A lot of people, I think it was turn six, a lot of people overdriving that turn, trying, as as a Southerner would say, straight trying to straighten that turn out. Um, I think Kyle Busch hit it a couple times. Noah Graxon hit it, I know, quite a few times. Truex towards the end of the race. Chase Elliott these guys just ran right into the tire barrier. And luckily they had that because I mean, goodness gracious, they could still keep running their car, which was crazy. And so moving forward with that, I think it made for some good racing. Some of the most interesting racing that we've had in a while. Um, Not so much because of the track, the track did make it interesting, but you know, just seeing the different racing, this was our pretty much first wet race 
that we had this year. I know we did have a few where they put the tires on, but they turned put them off pretty quick. So they ran a, a stage or so on wets, and then they went into the the slicks, and you could see where people were having issues with the slicks. Uh, they would go outside, try to make a pass, and they would just lose it. And so I, I think it was a little bit early for that, but then people just stayed in those dry spots. And, I mean, it started making the, the racing a little bit dull, in my opinion. But just kind of moving forward with the, with the race, you know, stage one ended. We had Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, SVG, Martin Truex, Michael McDowell. I mean, Truex was running up there, and he, he did really well. A couple of these guys kept moving up. Um, a lot of them stayed in their same spot. Ty Gibbs made a spot. Jensen Button made some headway. Um, then we go into stage two. We had Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, SVG, McDowell, Ty Gibbs, Suarez, Truex, Almondinger, and Chase Briscoe. So that's your top ten. And you could see that change very little, but you could see the movements. And it wasn't so much because of the pit strategies, even though that did play a role. Pitch strategies played a role towards the end, which I think angered quite a few people. I know it was frustrating, and I'm not even—I ha- don't even have a dog in the fight with this race. NASCAR decided to call the race early due to sunlight. When they when they came out and called that part of the race, you had people already pit. And you had a slew of people that didn't pit yet because they were waiting a little bit longer to get kind of changed up within that last stage. I think it was done very poor in taste on when they called it because it, it, it's almost like they could have called it and it would have shaken up the race. Whereas if they would have called it when they didn't, they weren't in the middle of pit cycles, they could have called it and it would have gave everybody a level playing ground. I feel like they changed it around and it brought other people up, which we'll talk about at the end of the race. And then it caused some of these guys to race harder than they should have or would have because of the way they called the race, which was really stupid. And they cut it by 25 laps. They still had time at the end. They had a green and white checker. So to call the race, I think, was slightly silly. Now, I know this is TV, and TV does adjust their adjust their gain and so on on the camera so that you can kind of see it. But at the same time, you need to be able to go out and call the race at a certain time. Don't be like, oh, we're right in the middle of pitting. You know, we're going to go ahead and call a race because that, that I'm telling you, that, that threw a lot of people up. And if you go back and you look at the top 10, which we'll talk about, only a few people in there were actually in the top 10 the whole race. And it just messed everybody's strategy up because you're sitting there calling the stinking race in the middle of a pit strategy. NASCAR, that was done very poorly, very poor timed. I don't know what in the world you guys were thinking, if you were even thinking when it came to that. And plus, let's not forget that you had a day that Chicago was giving you to do the race more. So you had you had more options than just calling it. And then 25 laps. I mean, good grief. But just going, I mean, that, again, that changed pit strategy because some of these guys that came in and pitted to make it towards the end of the race when you had, I think they had like 20 or 30 laps left on everything. And I could be wrong. could have been more than that 40 laps, I think. But it was in that pit window. 
these guys that came in and pitted, and then you call it 25, they're just like, dang, I wouldn't have pitted if it wasn't for that. If you're going to tell me you're going to call the race, but then you're going to go and do all this stuff. So that I could see where that ticked a lot of people off, especially the guys that were on the pit strategy of pitting early. And I don't want to hear this crap. Oh, well, you know, you shouldn't have pitted early. You know, the pit strategy. No, whenever a governing body comes in and changes the race, modifies it, then, yeah, I think they have a right to be upset. Now, if somebody wrecked and they threw out a yellow, okay, I would argue with you. Yeah, they don't have a right to complain because their strategy just didn't play out. But this was governing body induced. So... We keep going on that. The one big thing that happened with that change is SVG was able to drive through drive through the whole field pretty much again because he was towards the low. But you could kind of see at the end you had like Truex that was going through, and he just wrecked so many times after that because he was getting through. You had a lot of these guys that weren't able to get through. You had a wreck that happened with somebody that slid. Then Corey LaJoy, I think, tapped the four-car, spun him. Somebody hit LaJoy, and they just all – bottlenecked and NASCAR comes out and says, okay, well, you know, Harvick and LaJoy, you guys are going to be ahead of everybody else in this race. Everybody that had to stop because you guys clogged up the thing, clogged up the turn. You guys are still going to be ahead of them. What the heck NASCAR? If they caused wreck, they should go towards the back. If they were part of the wreck, they should go towards the back. You ended up penalizing the people on this track. I think NASCAR was getting scared because they were quote unquote running out of time. All the rain, and they just started making up their own rules, which was really stupid and annoying and frustrating, in my opinion. As a fan spectator, that was the dumbest thing NASCAR could have done. And they were trying to rush to get this race going again, and that's why they did it. So let's go ahead and finish the race and talk about it. We had, starting in the top 10, we'll go 10 up to 1. You had Chris Buescher, Ty Gibbs, Joey Logano, Michael McDowell, Austin Sindrick, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Justin Haley, he was a really good surpriser. And then SVG. So we had a non-NASCAR guy win the race. But you have people in here, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, you know, Austin Cindric. These guys were in the back of the pack. But again, NASCAR modified everything and went out and decided to call this race 25 laps short in the middle of a pit cycle. So they took advantage of it because they weren't out there. And so – that frustrates me. I think SVG probably would have won it no matter what. But some of these guys that were running up there, you know, a Denny Hamlin, uh, Christopher Bell spun out and hit. But some of these guys, Ty Gibbs was right around the same spot. But, you know, A.J. Allmendinger, these guys I think would have been higher up on in the finishing list if it wasn't for NASCAR doing what they did. And, you know, I'm going to talk until I'm blue in the face, calling NASCAR out on some of this stuff because it's just stupid. And that's why this thing is called the armchair crew chief. But, you know, that's questioning some of these guys that are crew chiefs and they make mistakes. And then you have, you know, that's this part. Governing body, I think they're open to all scrutiny and should be under a microscope because, you know, they put the street race together. And apparently, you know, I thought it was kind of silly to an extent, some of the stuff going on. But apparently, NBC came out and said this was the second most watched race of the NASCAR season this year. And their most watched race since the 2017 Homestead Miami Championship race. So people did like it, apparently. 
or they just sat there and watched it because there was nothing else to watch at, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we won't worry about that latter part, but people went and watched it. Okay, great. That's awesome. I'm happy to see that. To see some of the stuff that they were doing, what NASCAR did was just, I don't think they were thinking too well. I think they were just rushing and reacting. Going forward with that, NBC needs to learn. You don't keep using the same taglines every two hours or three hours. I think Rick Allen kept bringing up Chicago and how, oh, it's the 4th of July, and this is my favorite song. I mean, he said it's Saturday, too, and good grief. I think that's one reason I like Fox is they have different people calling the races for both for truck, Xfinity, and for Cup. Because you won't get a lot of that repetition. And I'm not a big fan of Steve Letarte to begin with. But my goodness, that dude needed to be quiet for a while. I think he was trying to over-explain everything and it just got stupid. It got annoying and he kept talking. Instead of talking about the race going on, they're talking, you know, the cameras. I don't know if the production truck wasn't comfortable calling a race on the street because some of their camera choices were just poor, especially whenever you have a guy, you know, quote unquote radio broadcast and you have a guy talking about two guys that are battling and you cut off to them like that. I mean, that's almost like what Fox did to Clint Boyer, where Clint Boyer was trying to talk and show people on TV, watch this. This is what's happening. Stay with me, guys. And then they immediately cut. And it's like, what in the world are you guys doing? You got you to gotta listen to your people and see what they're doing and let that direct besides you in the truck telling people what to do. You, you It's got to be a give and take. Yeah, you want to point out something big that happens. But then you also want to go out and point out or listen to your guys calling the race. Because if they're talking about, you know, we'll, we'll pull from the, the final, you know, a – a Kyle Busch and a Kyle Larson really heated battle in the turns, and they're fighting, they're going back and forth and swapping. But then you go to a Joey Logano and Ty Gibbs immediately in the middle of that while the guys are still talking about it. That's, you know, production needs to work on that. And I hopefully that's just going to be, you know, knocking some rust off because this is their second race. But we'll see what happens going forward from there. So, yeah, we had a new winner, but it doesn't really shake up too much on the point standings. We'll go ahead and dive into that. We're, let's go ahead and look at the regular season standings here. Uh, Truex, Byron, Chastain, Bell, Bush, Hamlin, Larson, Blaney, Logano are your top ten. Truex is only a lot, a nine points ahead for the regular season now. Which I mean, he hurt himself. He ended his run of top, consecutive top fives. Everything, but just the way he was driving. And you know, it sucks. Some of these other guys that would have been running a little bit higher, it, it just it stinks. So let's go ahead and move on to our playoff ranking. Unlike you know, truck is top ten, Xfinity's top twelve, Cup Series as we've talked about, and people know top sixteen making in the playoffs. So let's go ahead. We're not going to go over the – we have our, our winners. So we have our lower our – bottom is Harvick, Keselowski, Busher, Bubba, and Ty Gibbs. Those are our guys that are actually in there, you know, and that's another one of those things. Suarez kind of did it a little to himself on the race. Uh, we didn't really talk about him too much, but he kind of hurt himself. Not really hurt himself, but it didn't help him, the Chicago street race, we'll say. 
but he's only six points below the cut line. And then you have Michael McDowell, who is 10 points below the cut line. So you have two guys, and you got Almendinger. So Ty Gibbs sitting there at 378 points. You have Suarez at 372, McDowell at 368, Almendinger at 354, Bowman at 352. The big one that people are going to be worried about because he's the the favorite driver and he probably still will always be because of his dad and his name. Chase Elliott's sitting there. He's at 323. He is 55 points below the cut line. He's got to make some major moves or he's got to sit there and win a race to get into this. I mean, he's got the the waiver, but it doesn't help if he missed so many races and you can't get in there. Uh, Corey LaJoy is still sitting there at 47 points below the cut line. So there still can be some shakeup between those guys. If some one of these guys, you know, wrecks out DNFs early in the race. <clears throat> and so, you know, it makes it interesting. I, I would like to see what happens going forward. I mean, you have your lock-in. I don't think we're going to have more than 16 winners this, this year. Let them prove me wrong because we're only looking at one, two, three, four, five more winners to get 16. But I mean, you got you got Harvick. That's 151 points to the good, you know. Keselowski's sitting there, 463. So I mean, these guys, I'd like to see what happens with that, and you know, we'll see what happens. But you know, playoff ranking, we have Byron and Truex make a swap, Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, and so on. So we'll see what happens. We're going on to our next race. Which, you know, coming down from our rants on what's going on uh, with the Chicago Street Race, Atlanta and Mid-Ohio are our <clears throat> two our two tracks this, this weekend. We're going to have everybody running. We even have, we know we don't cover it too much, but ARCA is going to be running. Trucks are going to be running in Mid-Ohio. Xfinity and Cup Series, they're going to be at Atlanta. If you haven't ever seen an Atlanta race, it's very interesting now just because of the changing of how everything is, uh, it's, it acts more like a super speedway where you have your double line where you can't cross below on the apron, and it just runs fast. It's a smaller track than your normal two and a half miles, but it runs a super speedway. It runs fast, so <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see what happens with this race. Uh, you could have somebody that win that's not necessarily a normal winner that gets lucky. Uh, I hate to say it because I think McDowell's a pretty good racer. Oh, but like when he won the. <laughs> Daytona a few weeks, uh, a few years ago, you know, he won that race kind of as a fluke. I'd like to see McDowell win one truly, truly, but Hey, you know, you win one, you win one. Look at Bubba. He's riding that one pretty high. Austin Dillon likes to ride that on one of his, on a couple of his wins too. So moving forward, you know, we're going to have our practice and our qualifying mid Ohio Friday on FS one for truck series. We have the ARCA race Friday at 6 Eastern. That'll be televised on FS1 if you're interested in that. Saturday is whenever Xfinity kicks off in Cup Series as well. <clears throat> so we have our 1.30 Eastern uh, FS1 race for Craftsman Trucks at Mid-Ohio. And to kind of give you guys a – I'm going to switch gears and go off on a tangent and come back real quick. But – Mid-Ohio, the IndyCars were at Mid-Ohio last weekend, and that's where, if you haven't seen it, you need to go back and look at it. 
Simon Pagano had a nasty wreck. Got airborne, flipped like three or four times. And I'm not just talking like nice, easy. I mean, that was wild. He ended up not clearing for the race. But that happened at Mid-Ohio this past weekend. So to kind of give you an idea, it's a road course. It runs crazy. It runs fast in some areas. You know, These trucks are heavy enough that they're not going to be doing anything like that. But so we have <clears throat> that race at 1.30 Eastern on FS1 for the trucks. Xfinity, we get into qualifying. That'll be happening at 4.05 Eastern on USA. Cup Series comes out qualifying 5.35 Eastern. 8 o'clock is going to be the uh, 250 race for USA. PRN is going to be running the radio at 8 Eastern on Saturday. Then going into Sunday, we have 7 Eastern. So we have another evening race, night race, Sunday at 7 Eastern on USA. So I will have to say I kind of like the racing being on USA versus on NBC. And, you know, this is this can be taken distastefully, and please don't take it this way. But, like, us up here in the Northeast, we had a string of bad weather come through. And I don't think they fully understand how to handle that when you look at, like, how the South handles their tornado warnings and so on, and they cut in. They don't cut in for an hour and a half of just straight you talking about the same thing every five minutes and pointing it out because it's weather and it's not really moving that fast. And then they brought <clears throat> they bring stuff on the bottom lower line on warnings and bring up the, the radar. Our NBC station cut into a tornado path, and we lost a lot of the race on on NBC. And again, don't take this distastefully. I think it could have been done differently to get the information out. I'm not saying the information didn't need to go out, but that's just a side rant. <clears throat> I'm glad people were informed. Hopefully other stations were doing something similar, if not what I was talking about. But anyway, USA is going to be running this race. It's kind of weird to see it on not a dedicated sports channel since NBC doesn't have that anymore. Um, you know, it kind of gets tired with some of the questionable commercials that USA puts for these races when you have younger audiences and it's during the day and different channels are pushing. But anyway, it'll be nice to see NBC, <clears throat> NBC Sports as a whole go back to a early morning race because I know some of these guys that, you know, you got fans that work in the morning early that want to watch NASCAR race, but the thing starts at 7, it's not going to end until 10, 9 o'clock. You know, and they got they want to go to bed around that time. It's like, holy smokes, come on, guys. Why not run? The, the, I like that for Fox, and this is just another side rant. I like that for Fox that when they run their night races, they are on, like, Saturday. And, you know, that's, not necessarily that's Fox. That's NASCAR calling this. So, you know, kudos to NASCAR for doing that earlier and Fox picking up those. But anyway, one of the big news that came out this week moving forward is Gainbridge, I think is how you say it. They are now a big sponsor for Spire Motorsports. <clears throat> the, the trucks, the cars, everything. Gainbridge is going to be running there, and they are a big-time sponsor, which is good for them. There is another rumor coming out that Gainbridge is going to Spire and not to anybody else because Andretti might be buying Spire. I don't know if that is, what's going to happen with that. That is purely a rumor. We'll see what happens and go from there on how that goes. But hey, guys, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, catch catch us next week after Atlanta when we discuss that. Hopefully it'll be a little bit more chaotic and extensive talking about. 
and we'll go from there. But yeah, just to recap, you know, we had SVG Shane Van Gidsenberger, who is a supercar racer from New Zealand, runs in Australia. He ended up winning the Cup Series race. Um, it kind of surprised and kind of startled some of the NASCAR guys. They were, from what I heard in their in their pressers, they were kind of nervous and didn't know what was going on. So yeah, you know, I think it's good for NASCAR wake them up and show that people can come in and race that aren't. But again, supercars are about as close as you can get to a Cup Series car after that. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you listening. I hope you guys have a good rest of the week. Go out there and enjoy this racing, this weather, if you have some beautiful weather going on. And we'll catch you next week. Have a good one.